0: This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino. San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Do the show, bitch. Welcome to Bannon Woods. Try to
2: say this nicely when you look at ben paul and i it doesn't scream athlete i know you fat bastards want to eat some of this
3: with ben higgins go to hell pro sports stephen woods <laughs> that was incredible and paul Alright. get ready tier ones Oh, it's ben and woods finally the chance for somebody to get on and do some good sports talk radio on 97.3 the fan do the show bitch when I have to get up
2: early, it's to do a morning radio show. I'm sure you're familiar with morning radio. Generally, the morning radio format, there's a there's a main guy, there's a laughing guy, and there's a baffled and shocked woman. <laughs> That's the classic setup. If I was to do just a sound impression of morning radio, it would be... Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> oh, fellas. It's not bad. Great, Mark Maron. You don't know Mark
3: Maron? I don't think so. The WTF podcast, huge, huge podcast that oversimplifies everything, but essentially is pretty much accurate. Yeah, it hurts because it's true. I mean, we don't have, don't have the, the baffled woman. woman, but Polly, if you'd like to play, Do that you want to be baffled woman. Oh, fellas! Sometimes
2: Ben is the baffled woman. <laughs> I, yeah, like yeah.
3: Kinda, I'm both main guy and, and baffled yeah, woman. and I'm always laughing <laughs> guy. So. There you go.
2: <laughs> baffled woman. We're always laughing guys. Who is in the baffled woman chair today? Welcome back. We could back. use a
3: baffled woman we, I could show. use
2: Absolutely. A baffled woman They'd They'd would be They'd certainly be easily
3: baffled by us, they, that's for sure. They
2: absolutely would. We're halfway home on a Monday. It's Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. I'm Woodsy. That's Pauly. Benjamin Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor. Still a lot of stuff to talk about. Don't know what direction you guys want to go here. Uh, I was fascinated over the weekend by the story of James Click, who is out of a job now in Houston.
3: Jimmy Click, Jimmy general Click. manager of the World Champion Houston Astros. I, uh, I was taken aback. I think when I saw, hey man, let's uh, let's explain for yeah. everybody who's not familiar. So um, this rarely happens, but. Uh, you know the perfect situation for James Glick. He was going into the final year of his contract as GM, <laughs> and his team wins the World Series. So what you call the dream? That not, is not bad. Your agent is going cha-ching. We're going to cash in. The Astros can't. You know they can't afford to let us go, so we're going to ask for the moon. We want what five-year guaranteed deal, huge raise. We just won a World Series. Let's let's cash in on our our big season. And instead, the uh, the Astros owner. Uh, what's his name? Jim Crane? Jim Crane. Offered his GM a one-year extension. A one-year deal. We can come back for a year, just as he did with Dusty Baker last year, just as he did with Dusty Baker again this year, coming back as manager. Guy now, is, Dusty like, Baker's 73 years old. Guy has that commitment. I kind of understand. Guy has some commitment issues with his, uh, his management of his baseball team, and ultimately um, Jim Click, James Click, said no not going to sign with you for 1 year. I you know I deserve better than that after a World Series title and it's hard to it's hard to disagree with them. At least by the rules set you know by previous baseball teams and how they handle their front offices, James Click was due a raise and a nice contract extension for putting together a World Series champion. I don't know the story behind the story and why that is not happening in Houston. I really don't, Woods. Do you have any details on that? I think, like
2: anything, um, Jim Crane is a pretty involved owner. And I think when you have the GM that is – the owner is involved, that trickles down to the GM, makes his job probably a little bit more difficult than Jim's, you know, wants, desires, and needs for the Astros, trickles down to Dusty Baker – um, and it's tough. It's tough. I, it, I think if you're a fan Not of it. Not so
3: tough that it stopped them from winning a World yeah, Series, it, though. Yeah, it's
2: exactly right. It's exactly right. So he was brought in, Benny. Uh, he was brought in to kind of stabilize the Astros uh, in January of 2020 is when he was brought in. And and did he ever do that? Um, the most regular season victories in the American League during his tenure and uh, an eleven and two postseason and a World Series title in twenty twenty two. The statement said, "We're grateful for all James' contributions. We have had great success in each of his three seasons. James has been an important part of the success. I want to personally thank him and wish him and his family well moving forward." It's shocking to me, and and rival executives were also um, pretty shocked and appalled. Uh, was the the reporting that I saw in the Athletic doesn't make any sense to me, uh, but it could be the the culture that they've created the. Uh, the headbutting, maybe Crane just said, "Look, I'm you know the buck stops here, and you're not the guy I want to lead us into the future." Even though you did, we we squeezed a ring out of you, and uh, I don't
3: want to deal with your BS anymore. Well, is Dusty Baker kind of under the same, I guess, uh, guideline? Whatever, because honestly, I think with Dusty, was... he's, he's he's older. But, I think but, that's the but Dusty was clearly brought in as a stopgap. Yes, absolutely, as a stopgap, good PR. We need to do something that's going to look good. Everybody likes Dusty Baker. Nobody likes us. Let's fix that with a little Dusty Baker and a GM that can be respectable, and we're going to let him do it for a couple of years, and then we'll go on to who we really want to hire as our new GM and manager. And all of a sudden, that plan kind of got all messed up by the fact that the Astros have been so good and won a World Series. It almost is as though Jim Crane wasn't expecting success from those guys. He was expecting them to be good soldiers and just, you know, don't do anything to damage the brand while we try to recover from this scandal. And then, you know, do your couple years, and then we'll thank you, and we'll move on, and we'll hire who we really want to do this job. And all of a sudden, along the way, while they did that, they won a World Series. And it kind of changed everything, but not for the owner, who still wants to go with his original plan of getting those guys out and getting the guys he really wants in.
2: Correct. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's absolutely true. And, and Ken Rosenthal wrote about this, too. He said it's Crane's team. He can run it however he wants. In many ways, he's a good owner. Players speak highly of him. He cares about winning. He shrewdly runs the Astros business, helping provide support for baseball operations. Even his penchant for making employees uncomfortable is not necessarily a bad thing. Occasional friction between an owner and GM is normal. Occasional friction between a GM and manager the type that click and baker are said to experience also is normal but while luno acquired 18 of the 26 players on the team's roster uh, any analysis of click's tenure must start with the reason he and baker were hired to restore stability to a franchise reeling from scandal kind of a bit of a bit of a, another kind of black mark on the the Houston Astros with this move i think
3: yeah so um i don't know i mean if what if they got rid of dusty baker I, it, that would have been nuts. Well, I mean, it, I think they
2: would have. I think if, if Dusty said, I don't think I can do it anymore, I got my ring and I'm out, I think it makes sense.
3: But he had there was just no way they could have said, if he wanted to come back, and he did, that they could have said no. You know, I know you want to come back. I know you just won a World Series title. But I wonder if Jim Crane, in total honesty, if he had been able to also give Dusty Baker the boot, if he would have done so at the end of the season, I kind of feel like he would have. He would have happily moved on from Dusty Baker. Doesn't seem like winning the World Series is something that he gives a lot of credit to his general manager and manager. Yeah, he seems to give credit to the players, which isn't a, again a bad thing. It's not like a bad said, thing. Not a bad owner necessarily. Doesn't think much of his his GM and his manager. Uh, he'll get a new gig though,
2: uh, coming fresh off of a World Series. He'll he'll definitely get a look. But there's no uh, there's no
3: gigs open. Nothing right there's now. Nothing I open. I in don't baseball. believe there are any open general manager jobs. Hmm. Right now in baseball. Boy, if Not the, yet. I yet, mean, yeah, the if, if he's if, available,
2: if he's the available team's struggling, you, maybe you, they're all
0: of a sudden thinking, hey, maybe it is time to make a move. Yeah,
3: you
2: draw up a little buyout and you send somebody uh, on their way and, and they're out the door. Interesting. Interesting interesting, interesting uh, uh player in, in baseball. You know, interesting player that's that's now looking for a job.
3: Speaking of interesting baseball stories and one that uh, Woods and I don't necessarily agree on a hundred percent. Uh, did you see the letter that Pete Rose sent to Rob Manfred? I did. Over the weekend. I did. Uh, you know, basically begging for a chance to get into Hall of Fame at the age of eighty one. I was I was ready to open it and you were touched. Laugh, laugh at Pete Rose. I really was. You were touched. Because I know how Pete's apologies have gone in the past. Hasn't necessarily owned up to everything hundred percent in the past. Uh, it's always, well, Eh, compared to this guy, or, you know, I mean, what did I do that other people didn't do necessarily? He's admitted to betting on baseball games. He has. That has happened. But contrition, actually feeling remorseful, I've never sensed that from Pete. To me, that's the biggest reason for me that he never got into the Hall of Fame. I think he could have been forgiven a while ago and, and had his, you know suspension his ban lifted and given the opportunity to get into the hall had he changed his tune many years ago maybe he's maybe this is disingenuous but here's here's how the letter started i've apologized many times both for betting on baseball games while managing the cincinnati reds and then for denying that i did i'm writing to three reasons first because at my age i want to be 100 sure that you understand how much i mean it when i say that i'm sorry second to ask for your forgiveness and third because i still think every day about what it would mean to be considered for the Hall of Fame. And he kind of goes on from there. Um I think that I don't li- I, I don't like Pete Rose. Never really liked Pete Rose that much. Um Yeah, I never really did either. However, I feel like for the good of baseball, at some point it might be better to move on. And by move on, you know, just like I've been in favor, I don't like Barry Bonds. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. I I kind of am starting to feel the same about Pete Rose, that uh, the ban at some point should be lifted. Or at the very least, if you're not going to lift the light, – he's got a lifetime ban on baseball, right? Yeah. Does that mean that when he passes away, he is eligible for the Hall of Fame?
2: No,
3: No, because Shoeless Joe had a lifetime ban, and he still isn't. Correct. But, I mean, lifetime is lifetime. And, you know, I'd certainly be willing if they said that, yeah, no, Pete, once you're gone, you'll be eligible to go in. I don't know if that's a consolation to Pete or not. Probably not. It might be comforting to hey, somewhat know that Ben, when someday, you die, guess what? You
2: get 5 million dollars.
3: <laughs> but you don't get it until the day you die. Well, Do you feel any better? Well, that see now that's a reason to keep Pete out. I don't want to necessarily see Pete cashing in on, you know, if he wants to get into the Hall of Fame because his signature is worth more, that's not I have no interest in that. If if Pete generally just genuinely wants to you know, have that experience there with the other Hall of Famers, and I'm reminded
2: of the we did this story on. Don't do this. We did it last year, I believe, when when the Phillies allowed Pete Rose to come back for a old timers type day. The female baseball writer that asked him about uh, the sexual relationship he had with a 14 year old when he was tw- a 28 year old baseball player, and he said, "quote It was 55 years ago, babe." Uh, if I sign a thousand baseball, will you forgive me if I sign a thousand baseballs for you? That's the one that I, I look at and go, look, you're gambling. I love gambling. I get it. You screwed up. You've paid your penance in that regard. It's the other that I look at and go, I don't know. Is Pete Rose, is he all? Of, he's definitely not a Hall of Fame guy, right? Definitely not. Is he a Hall of Fame player? Yeah. He's definitely, Hall, he's yes. Absolutely a Hall of Fame player. It's a very slippery slope that we walk these days. Very slippery slope. It's hard, it's hard to like it's hard to like movies, it's hard to like bands, it's hard to like artists, it's hard to like anything. Cuz you're like, oh this is this guy could be uh, massively uh problematic. Do I want to trumpet at him as one of the leaders of my game? If he is, in
3: fact, a statutory rapist. Part of me says that after all these years, you know, 81 years old now, that... Uh, it was 55 years ago, babe. It was his uh, answer to that. Like wow. Red in Shawshank Redemption. All these times he said, very sorry, you know, ask I, forgiveness, and I, I regret what I did, and, ple- you know, I would never do it again, blah, 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 and it's not work for Pete. Maybe he's at the point where he just needs to say, you go ahead and stamp your forms, Sonny, Sonny, and Sonny. I've got to go on... Whatever you need to do, go is ahead. Is it the do desperation it. <laughs> that turns us off to it? Because, again, a ben, little bit, yes.
2: 100% it, an aspect of that. Because to me. one thing that you said flippantly that just clicked in my head is does he want this so that his baseballs are worth more? I think the answer to that question, if you've ever seen that's what that's his gig. Like, yeah. that's what so he, he does. So start now. putting HOF HLF on, all his on, on, his, on his thing. And sure, man, like. I think there was probably a time in Pete Rose's life and career where he said, man, I'm I'm one of the best baseball players in the world. I want to be a Hall of Famer. He lost his way. He lost his way, and he lost his way for a long time. Um, like I said, man, do, do his numbers merit him being in the Hall of Fame? Yes, absolutely. You'd be a fool to think that they didn't. Uh, one of the best baseball players around, and certainly of his era. But I don't know. I mean, there are, are is every person in the Hall of Fame a Hall of Fame person? No. I know better. But we keep a few of them out. We do. We do. We keep a few out. You know, and strange, and right? I
3: guess that to me is the problematic part. If they're all if one is in, they're all in. It's just we we've decided that there's a few we're gonna keep out. that ne- are not necessarily the worst of the worst, just the ones that we've circled for punishment. Yeah. That don't get into the Hall of Fame. But it seems a little random it does, and, it would and be capricious. Ve- and
2: it would be very difficult to be one of those guys on the outside when you look and you say, well, that guy was named in this report. Like, he clearly did this, and everybody knows it, but I'm out. It would be tough. I, I fully admit that. Yeah, but there is no perfect solution to it. So I think the thing that baseball has done, Ben, by having that very stringent no-gambling policy, it's black and white. There, It's in every, we always say, it's in every single clubhouse. Do not gamble. Don't gamble on these games. Don't gamble. Don't gamble. Don't
3: gamble. And if you do, this is what you're facing. And that, there it is. Got uh, AJ Casaville coming up at the bottom of the hour. Before that, did you know that we are less than a week away from the start of the FIFA World Cup? Speaking of... In the country, I still am not 100% sure how to pronounce. Is it Qatar? Is it Qatar? Is it Qatar? Is it Qatar? Quater. There's no you. No idea. I have no idea. No one seems to be able to give me a straight answer. All I know is that no one seems to want it there. Even the FIFA, like head of FIFA, says we shouldn't be here for this tournament this week. Woods, I know you've got some thoughts here. What is it? Qatar. 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 But we're not British.
2: Qatar. (laughs) Qatar. I can't say Qatar. Qatar. There you go. Americanize it. Qatar. 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 Not, what, it's like a guitar. Why were people calling it Cutter for so long? Then? I don't know. Qatar. It was Qatar, Qatar,
3: and then it was Cutter on all the news channels. I don't know. We
2: have no no BS. And I have. I am... Some of my dearest friends in this town are the world's biggest football fans in the, that I've ever met. Our buddy Sports Brain, our buddy Steve from the Loyal. They're the most passionate, passionate soccer fans ever. Number one, though, works here. He's an engineer. His name's Mike Prasser. The dude knows more about soccer than anybody I've no. ever met in my entire life. Kidding. Right? Right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. He laid me out this morning with the talk of the World Cup. I'll tell you what he said. Are we? If you're a soccer fan,
3: you gotta you gotta check your morals at the door for this. A little bit, a little yep. bit. Talk about it coming up next. It's Ben in Woods back after a check of traffic here on ninety through The fan. I'll
4: stay with
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the
1: same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
3: You know, you can listen to all of your favorite teams, station shows, and even podcasts on the Odyssey app. Download it now. So uh, one week from, oh, right now, well, a couple hours from now, uh, Team USA will make their World Cup debut. They have one of the earlier games. First game's Sunday. It's uh, the host country, Qatar. Or Qatar. And then uh, the U.S. plays on day two of the World Cup next Monday at 11 a.m. against Wales.
2: It's one of those things, too, where you, you don't fault the teams, right? It's not the team. It's not the U.S. men's national team's fault that they're playing in this really odd, terrible uh, place out of season normally. So I walked in this morning. Mike was there. Mike Prasser, again, huge, huge soccer guy. I mean, like, it's such a, it's so funny because I'm so interested in the sport,
3: every aspect of the sport, other than watching the games. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's the best sport for the off field headlines and drama, the and transfers and the. The Ronaldo stuff this yeah. weekend. I was in, I was like with reading every
2: article I could find about Chris, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and, you know, Man United and all. I was literally, I was like reading it all. And I'm like, I, you couldn't pay me to watch a game. I don't find the game all that exciting to me personally. It's my personal preference. A lot of people hate baseball. I get it. We're all grown adults. We make our own decisions. But the the storylines of it are riveting. Riveting. Um, the story, Some of the storylines from the Loyal this year, riveting. I mean, just really, really good, I guess, drama. Maybe I'm just a, a drama queen, right? I like all this stuff, and I'm into that. So I was talking to Mike. I go, hey, just kind of offhanded. I go, excited for the World Cup? He goes, nope. And I'm like, really? You're not excited for the World Cup? He's like, no. He's like, it's an S show uh, of epic proportions, one of the biggest – that have ever happened, and then you, you know, we were talking about it off air, Ben, and you're like, "Well, this is, this is kind of FIFA uh, in and of itself. It's always dramatic. That's always underhanded. There's always something going on. Corruption, corruption, bribed, bribes. Yeah, you know,
3: and so he envelopes filled with millions of dollars to get them to pick Qatar as the host country. Essentially.
2: And, and he basically said they're they're spending eight times what anybody has ever spent to get this World Cup in Qatar. He said, "Did you, have you seen the storage containers?" I said, "No." Well, what's in them? And he goes, it's accommodations. And I go, for who? He said, for everyone. He said, it's a storage container with two beds and a a, a nightstand in between them. He said, there are stadiums in the middle of nowhere, like in the middle of desert, because that's what it is. Just that's all that's around. He said, um, you've got the whatever the guy is, the Shaw, the King, whatever you call it over there. Is basically like, look, if you fraternize with locals, we will put you in jail. If you celebrate uh, a gay lifestyle, we'll put you in jail. If you get drunk, we will put you in jail. Um and it is you're looking at that going, Well, this sounds terrible. Like this sounds like a terrible, terrible event. This is Firefest Soccer We're Edition. One cheese sandwich picture yeah. away from yeah. Firefest Soccer. That's exactly right. And and then, you know, the story came out a couple of weeks ago that they were offering, hey, we're going to foot the bill for you, Ben. If you come out, just can't tweet anything negative. But you, everything's on us.
3: Yet, if you decide, I, I just don't want to support that, and I certainly understand that, and you're a U.S. soccer fan, then you're saying, I'm going to go 12 years between World Cups because the U.S. didn't make the last one four years ago. Right. And there's not another one for four more years. So you're essentially you know, throwing in the towel on 12 years of World Cup soccer if you're not willing to, you know, at least watch this one and root your team on uh when they get started next Monday. Yeah, and again, I mean, you know, you you do what you have to do. Um it's the it's the live golf tour debate as well, you know. But no alternative. It's not like you know, there's yeah. still a really good, probably better soccer tour going on at the same time. If you want to watch soccer for the next month, this is your option. It's yeah. the World Cup or nothing. No, Everything else goes away. That's exactly exactly right and and
2: you know every person's got to make that decision on their own you know and say yeah I'm, I'm fine with it I just want to watch. I just want to focus on the soccer it's like an artist that you love I just want to listen to the music man I don't care what the guy does you know when he's off the clock or what she does when she's off the clock
3: I just want to hear the songs
2: I like the songs
3: support right? the art not the artist yeah it's in one this of case, our favorite the, art the players yeah. out there working hard to entertain and and own win their craft try and to win. win the artist is the stage and everything I get it all right, uh, we will come back, our first off-season chat with A.J. Casavell, covering the Padres for MLB.com as we start setting the stage for the winter meetings in San Diego in a couple of weeks, which, by the way, we'll be broadcasting live from. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to A.J. Casavell next with Ben Woodson, on 97.3 The Fan. Between the uh, GM meetings and the winter meetings, yes. which will be here in San Diego in a couple of weeks. The GM meetings last week in Las Vegas, and uh, you know who was there? Our friend A.J. Casavell from MLB.com, and he joins us right now in our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Let's just get right to A.J. this morning. Wish you a happy off season, A.J.
4: Thanks, guys. Uh, is there an off season? I guess last year there was. Yep. But I don't know without the lockout. Is there, there's no off season. Well, there's no it's season
2: it started with a bit of a you know a bit of a bang. You know, you got the uh, Edwin Diaz deal, the Robert Suarez deal. You saw Montero get locked up by the the Astros, and I was kind of uh, excited. It, the hot stove was bubbling a little bit, and then it kind of went cold over the weekend, as it tends to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the fact that we have a, a real off season again is exciting. I was reading your. You know, kind of uh, three things, three takeaways, and Nick Martinez uh, remains kind of out there in the ether right now. Have you heard anything about him? And you said in here, the Padres do view him as a starter. I was kind of thinking, I wonder if that's the holdup, like if if that's the holdup with Nick Martinez and the Padres not doing a deal right now, if he says, I want to start, and they say, well, you were much better in your other roles, um, you know, we can't guarantee that. What What are your thoughts?
4: I don't, I don't think that's the hold up. I think, I, I think both sides are pretty interested in a reunion. I think also the fact that Nick Martinez made it past the, the deadline means, well, now there's no urgency to get it done by a certain time. And so, uh, maybe there's, maybe down the road he would look to explore somewhere else. But for now, it's, it's a, it's a Nick Martinez kind of Padres discussion. Um, from there, I mean, he wants to be a starter and the Padres have told him, Hey, you can be a starter. That doesn't necessarily mean that, that like, when you get to next September, late next season, and you're looking to put things together for how you fare best in the postseason, maybe maybe you move Nick Martinez back into that one, two-inning role out of the bullpen that he did so well during the second half. Yeah. But if you kind of look at this roster and what the Padres need, they, they need a starter a lot more than they need that guy right now, uh, at least in terms of, like, chewing up innings and how you're going to get through a Major League Baseball season. So. I think for the most part those two sides are on the same page there. Maybe the Padres I mean, and you know what? If Nick Martinez goes out there and shoves off season and posts like a three twenty ERA or something as a starting pitcher and, and establishes himself as a guy that can continually work deep in games, I don't know. Maybe you enter the stretch run of the season and say, Hey, he is a starter. Yeah. Um but that, that's, that's something I think you allow him to, him to prove over the course of the season. And I think the Padres, like, well, what they need right now with those kind of three guys at the front of their rotation, what they need is is a starting pitcher more than a reliever behind those three.
3: AJ, uh, the Padres have actually taken some criticism nationally about the Robert Suarez deal, and not just from rabble-rousers who, who like to complain about things, but analytically-minded writers, guys like Keith Law, Bradford Doolittle, who say it, it's an overpay or at least a a way too long of a contract for a reliever. Do you see, is that a fair criticism of that deal or given what other relievers are getting now? Does it, does it feel more in line with, with a fair deal in your mind?
4: I think it might be a fair criticism if you want to just kind of look at, if you want to look at it in a vacuum and what Robert Suarez has accomplished. But if you look at maybe what his, what his stuff is and what his ceiling is and the confidence the Padres have that like what the version we saw in August and September is that guy going forward. Um, the Padres better be right about that. That's all. That's all that this deal tells me. And from what I saw, and from like the guy I got to know over the course of the season, he seems like it, it, a someone who can sustain what he was able to do in the second half of this season. So the criticism is absolutely fair because he's thrown he's thrown fifty major league innings or whatever. But he's also, it's also about what he's done in in the past in Japan and kind of how well his stuff plays and how he established himself in the second half of this season. You can't be certain of the version you're going to get going forward, but the other part of it all is that this relief market is is pretty barren. And Robert Suarez was maybe one of the best options out there after Edwin Diaz, and the Padres went out and got him, and now fortified the back end of their bullpen. And, I mean, the other thing is, it's 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 not it's not my money. He's a good player, and the Padres Padres got a good player for for a decent amount of time.
2: Yeah, I, I liked the deal myself. I thought it was kind of in the sweet spot. Both, you know, he certainly earned a raise. Uh, there's no question. We're talking to our pal AJ Casaville here on Ben and Woods. Obviously, the Soto, uh, extension was brought up down there as well. Um, you know, there's a couple of names, kind of outlier guys, you know, Mike Clevenger, I saw him in the news a little bit this weekend. Um, and I, you know, you never can believe, uh, what you read on Twitter. Especially these days, it's a little bit more difficult to uh, ascertain what's truth and, and, and what's not. But I saw he was getting some interest from a team like the Angels, who would need definitely starting pitching. I mean, I, I don't know what Klebb's got left in the tank. I know that was a, a really tough way to end it if that was his last uh, outing as a Padre, for sure. Sean uh is another one as well in free agency. Do you think either one of those two guys they'll look at to bring back?
4: they would have to take a a deal that's probably like a discount, a deal that's just a little more team friendly than they might get somewhere else. Just because where the Padres are right now is maybe looking, they're just looking for a lot more stability than what you have with those two guys. And those two guys, I think we've seen in rise to some pretty high highs, but with Clevenger and with Sam they're not, you don't know what you're going to get going into the season. You can't go into the season with the possibility that you're going to get what you got in September and down the stretch and in the postseason when they were pretty poor. And, that kind of pitcher tends to be more readily signable for a team that, that might be trying to take a chance and catch lightning in a bottle, not a team that has World Series aspirations and and needs stability in the back of its rotation. Um, and so, I mean, if, I, if I'm just sizing it up right now, like those are the kinds of guys that a different team signs for a decent amount of money, takes a chance on, and then maybe tries to flip at the trade deadline, whereas it's not – for the Padres, the fit for me would have to be as a as a little bit of a discount because they loved pitching in San Diego, and hey, maybe they did.
2: Does it change for you at all? Because I'll tell you, my, my brain has kind of flipped a little bit. Um, when you looked at the first half of the season, you look at the second half of the season, you see how far you got when you got hot at the right time. You beat a couple of really, really good teams, and then you kind of ran out of steam. You ran out of pitching. Um, but I, I does it change anything to you? Do should we be massively disappointed if spring training starts and you know we didn't go out and get the top tier guys that we wanted? I, there's a part of me that says, man, let's let's see what we can do. We know how active AJ can be uh, at the deadline, like a Mania in the four and a Martinez. I'm not furious with with that as my starting five, to start a season. You, you don't want to get too far behind, obviously, but I, I think we've got the talent to, to not get too far behind.
4: Yeah, I think if that's, if that's what you go into the season with, you're going to need other signings just to bolster the depth, whether sure. it's a swingman type, whether it's a 4A type, because that's what the Padres don't have right now that they had maybe going into last season, was, was the seven-deep rotation, and that, was, that just proved... So valuable in so many ways throughout the course of the season. Some of them not not even quantifiable. The fact that the bullpen was able to kind of be preserved throughout the season because your starters are going like the reason you're allowed, you can go U Darvish for seven innings early in the season and not overtax him is because you have a six man rotation. And then this is when the you get closer to crunch time. I thought the the way the Padres formatted their rotation throughout the course of of a 162 game season last season was pretty close to perfect in terms of getting the most out of your guys when you want them. Like getting the most out of your big guys when you when you need it. Now, if they're gonna go into the season with with say Nick Martinez is the four and maybe Sean and I competes for the five, I would just want I mean, you can find other guys. There's other guys in this market who are fringe guys, maybe coming off iffy seasons who there's some upside there. So, um I, I would expect the Padres to be most active in the pitching market more than any more than any of the of their other positional needs. Uh but I mean, we'll kind of see how this plays out. The thing that we learned from last season is that going into a year with five starting pitchers, the last two seasons really, going into a year with five starting pitchers isn't isn't probably enough. That's
2: true.
3: Talk Good point. Talking to A.J. Cassaville uh, covering the Padres for MLB.com. Last thing for me, A.J., uh, what are you hearing on Jackson Merrill, Padres' top prospect and his stint in the Arizona Fall League, and do you think he'll still be a part of the Padres organization come opening day, or will he, he be someone that – that A.J. trades away for, for big league pieces now.
4: He's good. That's what I'm hearing. Um, he. Uh, it, it's interesting during the playoffs this season because the Padres needed that kind of lefty bat off their bench. I had someone say, like, oh, man, if he were just one, year, one more year along, I could see A.J. just bringing him up for the postseason because he needs the lefty bat that can hit. He can hit. He can do a lot of things athletically, defensively. Um, I think in terms of like a major blockbuster trade, you're going to need to get something really good for Jackson Merrill because of his feeling and what the Padres, the way the Padres feel about him. Um, I know the Padres have made several blockbusters recently. I would say they are, they're less likely to do so this off season than they were at the trade deadline. Now that being said at the trade deadline, I think we all kind of thought they were going to do something big, but um, right now they're probably a little more comfortable with where their roster sits and potentially filling in around the edges, but it's also AJ Preller. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he went out and did anything.
3: Do you see something happening in the next day or two? I know there's uh, some rumors out there with the roster protection deadline tomorrow that some trades could go down. Anything you're kind of hearing imminent?
4: I, I don't know about imminent, but I know that the roster protection deadline is tomorrow and the non tender deadline is the 18th, and so I, I guess that would be Friday. And so I would expect minor transactions to happen at this time of – that's, that's always what happens this time of year um, – the Padres got Jorge Alfaro last season because they were in a roster crunch in Miami, and Alfaro was there and, and available for very, very cheap. So, I would always keep my eye out. The Padres are always looking to kind of find value in these in, in these kind of windows of the offseason. Good stuff, AJ.
3: I will catch up with you, I'm sure, at the winter meetings. But until then, have a nice uh, month of November.
4: Yes, happy World Cup. Thanks, well, buddy. You
3: too, Or not happy if you're, uh, if you're protesting guitar as we were just yes, exactly. talking about earlier. AJ Casaville on our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet. Find new roads. It has got to be the most fun thing about covering the San Diego Padres.
2: And AJ uh, Casaville just summed it up for us pretty well. If you're a fan of the Los Angeles Dodgers or the New York Yankees, you can say to yourself, we're probably going to acquire a big bat or a big pitcher. That's what we traditionally have always done. Now, there are reports out that the Dodgers and Yankees may even tighten the reins a little bit, right? One thing you can always say about the San Diego Padres is, no one knows anything. You can cover the team. You can be the beat writer of a team. You can be the flagship morning show hosts. And nothing surprises you. And that is so... If you're you're a Pirates morning show this morning on the flagship, you know you're not in play for 99.9% of the guys on the free agent list. You know you're not. They're not going to do it. They're going to get a guy that's coming off Tommy John. They're going to look at him. They're going to trade for G-Man Choi. You know, things like that, Ben. When you cover this team... Anything is on the table. Everything is on the table. It makes it difficult to cover. Also makes it really exciting. The only thing that really isn't on
3: the table is doing nothing. Correct. Correct. <laughs> They're not going to stand pat. I mean, the only time we ever saw that was really at the trade deadline last year when they were trying to pull off the yeah. Max Scherzer. It wasn't for a lack deal. of trying. Yeah, and it didn't happen. So they ended up not really getting much done. But and even, even then, still made a they, flurry of even moves. then <laughs> they still brought in the. Le- the Adam number,
2: Frazier. The number hits, was leader. The hits leader in baseball. Like, uh, he didn't do anything here. Nothing. But you still did something. So there was no, hey, man, we're
3: in it this year. There's so many teams. Like, that- the Colorado Rockies had the most, like, had some nothing trade deadlines. Yeah. Like, they did literally nothing. Nothing.
2: Nothing. Nothing. This N- last didn't year. improve
3: the team. They did pick up Chris Bryant in the offseason. He played almost done. So I don't know if that counts as almost nothing as well. Right. But- you know that i mean there are some teams that don't do anything they just the off season is they put out the shingle and we're gone fishing yeah. and we'll see you in FanFest fest <laughs> is uh on the 23rd and we'll see you guys out there like it is truly truly amazing but with the padres something is going to happen what level is it going to be will it come via free agency will it come via trade will it be an under the radar signing from japan you just never know with A.J. Preller. You just know it's coming at some point.
2: And it makes you insane as a Padre fan, but it's also it's so fun to be a part of. It's so fun to cover, and you just don't know what's coming. And like A.J. Casaville just said, Ben, nothing he does will surprise you. If Jacob deGrom is a Padre, I'm not going to be all that shocked. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm going to go, oh, all right, makes sense to me. Premier pitcher and trying to win a World Series. Like, if, he, if he's not a Padre, that also isn't going to surprise me.
3: All right, uh, we're going to take a quick time out to check traffic, but we're actually not going anywhere. We'll be right back. So don't. I'm not. You were about to go to the back. To I saw you were about yep. to go to the bathroom. I know. Don't go anywhere, Woods. More of Ben and Woods right after traffic here on ninety seven through the fan. <laughs> we're over halfway through the NFL season. How have your bets been doing? The BetQL app uses proven data and analytics to help you make smarter bets on everything from. Uh, pro, college football, the basketball, and baseball and more. BetQL, no more baseball. BetQL looks at every bet from every game, ranks them on a scale of one to five stars. With those five-star bets being your best chances to cash in, losing money is no fun. Winning is. Get started today. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com. See, now, I love this. we got like five minutes here before our top of the hour break and then a rhino report. But it gives me just enough time to squeeze in a little basketball bend for you so I can go pee. No, you can't. Oh, well. you, I need you here <laughs> to have fun with me and talking a little hoops. All right, NBA or college? Both. Okay. Uh, let's start with college. I want to congratulate Steve Lavin on improving to 3-0 and yesterday as the head coach of the USD Toreros got a win over the vaunted Highlanders Woods from the New Jersey Institute of Technology. The NJIT. NJIT Highlanders came to town. They thought they'd make pull off the upset. No, 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 no. They sent him back to the East Coast with an L as uh, USD improves to 3-0 on the season with a 74-64 win. It's a very unhappy flight for Najit. <laughs> very, very unhappy flight. Those smart kids from Jersey. I can't believe we lost to these guys. No one thinks about all no. the smart kids in Jersey. No, They've got Princeton's there. Oh, yeah, they got New Jersey Institute of Technology. All the New Jersey Where's nerds. the gabagool? Uh, we talked about the Aztecs win over BYU a little bit earlier. Did you see who won last night, though? Lakers. Maybe. Three and. They've got three wins now. Three wins. Uh, they did it without LeBron. Where and was he? I was watching this load game Managing his load. No, he has an adductor muscle. Is that? is that here? It's
2: in the groin, yeah. The oh, 110. Yeah. I always see the guys on the adductor machine at the gym when I go once a quarter. Yeah. I always find I don't, that not I don't,
3: I don't think I work out my... Adductors much. No, I don't think so. Is that the one where you push out with your legs or squeeze in on your legs? Out of
2: all of the muscles that I (laughs) ignore, that's the one I probably ignore the most. It's come
3: back to bite LeBron. Mostly because skipping
2: adductor day. Mostly because I can't bear to get on that machine. You know you know what machine I'm talking about.
3: There's the two. There's the one where you squeeze your legs together and and there's the one where you push your legs out. You need both. You do need both. You need to do both. Balance. Yeah. LeBron needs some balance in his life. Can't bring myself to sit on the adductor machine. So the the only thing that was really different about the game last night is the biggest off-court mess in the NBA, the Nets, against the biggest on-court mess in the NBA, the Lakers. And the Nets had played the day before, so I don't know that you can really call this an impressive win by the Lakers. But Anthony Davis played big last night. He stayed underneath. 37 points, 18 rebounds. Nice day. He didn't shoot a single three pointer. They had him underneath and he imposed his will. He actually outplayed Kevin Durant by a wide margin in that game last night. And to me, it was maybe a, a just a tiny model of maybe how the Lakers could how turn it things around. and yeah. should, should go going forward. Now, more than likely, Anthony Davis plays like that three times in a row. He'll be out for a month right. with an injury, and then it'll, they'll Maybe be an right, back, right back to square one. But for one night at least, it looked like the Lakers had a chance of being a halfway decent team compared to the one that we had seen that had lost 10 of their first 12 games. So, yeah, it was, it was one of the better performances. Certainly the Lakers' best performance of the year last night.
2: You and Justin Turner are so excited about the Lakers' Speaking of success. load
3: management, uh... Kawhi went 5-on-5 five five in practice, but still has a ways to go, according to Clippers coach Ty Lue. Very, very Before dope. he returns to the, uh, the lineup. You know, he's going to be one of those, like, Bo Jackson, like, what if? Careers, yeah, what if he stayed healthy? Stay healthy. We're just, it's been so long. You wonder, is he ever going to be Kawhi again? Be able to, you know, not play 82 games, but even like 70 or, or 40. Yeah, I mean, zero last year. And even before that, it was all. There was a lot of load management with Kawhi. Even in the years before that, um, he just doesn't seem like a player who's able to be out there for a full season. And that's too bad because he really is one of the more fun and enjoyable players to watch when he's actually out on the court. Yeah, he uh, he got his ring. Yeah, Did yeah, he get yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: got his ring. A couple of them.
3: Yeah, two. Yeah. Didn't he? One in uh, San Antonio. One in Toronto. Yeah, couple of rings. Now he's trying to get one for the Clippers. Always harder to get the ring with the Clippers. I would imagine. Just something about that franchise. I
2: did see uh, Joel Embiid had a really nice day. Yes, did you see that game? He had 59. Tell us about it. Basketball woods. 59 points, Ben. That's a good day. 59 points. Followed up a 42-point performance. So maybe trusting of the process is coming to fruition in the city of brotherly love.
3: All right, uh, Rinal Report will kick off our 9 o'clock hour coming up next. Oh, um so you... some Hollywood drama. Hollywood, Hollywood drama, I like
2: that. Let me just tease you with this.
3: You can't keep getting away with
2: it! Is that real? Is that from a show?
3: That's from Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. But it has to do with... Oh, that was Aaron Paul. Yeah. Yes. Was, it does have to do with the story. I thought that was real audio. Pete, Pete Davidson. Davidson. <laughs> Pete Davidson has done it again. Oh, no, S-O-P. No,
0: he did not. No, he didn't. Oh, <laughs> right. he did. Coming up next is Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.